Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Well, I am so excited about a brand new book that's coming out. Last Rights, The Death of American Liberty, from one of my favorite libertarian writers, Jim Bovard. He's also the author of Lost Rights and his latest piece in the New York Post. We'll talk about that as well. Hey, Jim, and uh, thanks for joining me in Philadelphia. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on. So first of all, uh, your latest piece in the New York Post, which I think is uh, is great. Let's start there. Biden's big brother teams are now watching what you buy and hope you pay in cash. Uh, this was a shocking revelation. I mean, you know, they ever since January 6th, but even before, they are, they are so intent on trying to say we have a domestic violent extremist problem. The only problem is the supply does not meet the demand that the Biden administration wants. So they're looking at everything now. You know, a Betsy Ross flag, a, a MAGA hat, a, uh, a don't tread on me sticker. And, and and now we're finding out that they're they're tracking us when we buy these things. Yeah. And it, it keeps getting uh, more and more bizarre. Uh, the um, the uh, Treasury Department uh, has a financial um, defense and financial crimes enforcement network, which notifies banks to track certain um, uh, purchases, which the feds consider might be um, telltale signs of someone becoming a um, extremist, a terrorist, a lone wolf, troublemaker. And one of those signs was uh, buying a Bass Pro uh, Shop hat or anything else at Bass Pro Shop or buying a Bible. Well, first of all, I know why they don't like the Bible, but what do they have against Bass Pro Shop? Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, it might be that they're opposed to violating the rights of fish. Um, Well, it is ecocide. I think that's probably not it. That's probably not it. But, you know, there was someone who had a a good joke on this. They were saying, you know, um, I think that they're worried about the the mega types going there to buy bear spray. uh, Because the bear spray might be used on federal agents if there's another January 6th. So uh, it's just um, the um, uh, minor thing is Bass Pro Shop's 
sell firearms, a lot of outdoors equipment. Uh, and so that may be one of the triggers. And uh, there's certainly a, a, a lot of um, a huge trigger tied to anyone who buys uh, firearms or um, ammo because that's something which uh, basically gets you classified automatically as a potential active shooter by the feds. Just for buying a gun and ammunition, something that is a completely legal product, something you have a constitutional right to own, just just buying it will get you on a list. Yeah, uh, that's apparently the uh, the facts from what the uh, the um, uh, uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, put out some stuff last week on this, and it's just it's it's totally bizarre to see the the level of uh, vilifying that's going on now for average Americans. And it's not just vilifying. It's like, you know, this is being added to your uh, permanent record. If the feds, if, if the feds decide to uh, investigate you at some point in the future, it'll be like, well, in uh, 2021, he bought a, um, you know, uh, bought a Glock in 2022. He bought a 22. Uh, and plus he bought that shotgun in 2018. And it's like, oh, this is a pattern. So, you know, we don't know where they're going, but there, it would be absurd to trust the feds that they will reasonably use this information that they have uh, uh, seized, uh, probably in violation of the Fourth Amendment. I'm not sure, but uh, there is just it's 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 bizarre that the feds think so many Americans are guilty and need to be investigated. At the same time, the government is hiding almost all of its own crimes from us. Yeah, well well said, which is a great tie-in here to your latest book, Last Rights, The Death of American Liberty. Uh, and you really, I mean, you outline it so well, all the various different machinations the federal government uses to um, weaponize the government against us. Let, like, for example, one thing jumped out at me right away was, you, you speaking of the FBI, you, you say the Federal Bureau of Idiots. I mean, the FBI has been notorious over the last several years. It's just coming to light now. But we know, I mean, it, it goes back to when Martin Luther King was there you know they it was funny when on martin luther king day they they put out a tweet about him and everybody reminded the fbi hey didn't you spy on this guy once so we know that it's been going on for decades and generations but what's been really coming to light lately is the presence of these fbi confidential informants who we know were at the capitol on january 6th the high holy day of the left we know they were involved in this plot against the uh the 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 potential kidnapping of the michigan governor um it it just doesn't seem to stop and and you really detail it very well for us well thanks very much um i was it's i've written about the fbi off and on for 30 years uh when i wrote about the uh, ruby ridge the FBI sniper killing the mother holding her baby in the doorway oh. in, in, in Idaho. The, the chief of the FBI publicly denounced me for slandering the agency. However, I later got a confidential Justice Department report that proved basically everything I said they had done was what they had done. But the FBI was so uh, so accustomed to being able to lie its way through and to cover up its crimes that way. And it's still doing that. And we have no idea how far FBI abuses have extended. Now, when we think about this and the fact that we're about to give the FBI a beautiful new headquarters, and I, I really don't know why. You know, I mean, oh. this, this is this has got you, Jim. Go ahead. All right, Jim Boulevard, go ahead. 
Oh, no, no. Uh, no, I was just sitting here groaning as you were talking about the beautiful new headquarters. So I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's fine. I mean, I, I, I wish people would learn. But unfortunately, I think a lot of Republicans fall into this trap. Um, I, I hope Trump realizes at some point. You know, oh, my God. Yes. Uh, there was there was a Trump. Uh, didn't uh, Trump send out a tweet uh, talking about building them that beautiful new headquarters yeah. in downtown D.C.? Yeah, it's like... Um, I'm. I, it makes me wonder how much attention Mr. Trump paid to how his presidency got undermined by his very own FBI and Department of Justice. I mean, these, oh my goodness, these yeah. swamp creatures. You know, they're, they're they're so embedded these bureaucrats into these various places. And you know, Jim, I, I remember when I was in, in in political science class learning the definition of a police state. And the definition of a police state, as I understand it, is when the government uses its law enforcement powers for political uh, opportunism and uses it to either go after the 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 politicians they don't like or help the ones they do, uh, intimidate the people, spy on the people, you, you know, silence. The people. I mean, all these things are happening in the United States of America right now, but we still have a lot of Republicans, unfortunately, who still like being the party of, quote, law and order. And so in doing so, they're afraid to challenge these things. They're, they're afraid to stand up against the expansion of FISA. They're, they're afraid to stand up against the expansion of whatever the you know latest version of the Patriot Act is. And, and, and each and every time they give them more power under the guise of, quote, unquote, keeping us safe, they wind up weaponizing that power and using it against us. Yeah, and it's amazing to see that people uh, in Washington have such a low, a, a, a slow learning curve. Certainly, among a lot of conservatives uh, in this part of the country, because they just it's um, it's almost like they've been vaccinated against being able to recognize the clear evidence of government uh, abuses. And by you know, it, uh, for the FBI, it goes back. It was in 1945 that President Truman wrote in his diary. He was concerned that the FBI was becoming a Gestapo, and that's something that America didn't need, he said. But uh, President Truman failed to stop that. Uh, every president since then failed to stop that. And thanks to that, uh, uh, it's fascinating to see how obvious it was that the FBI trying to subvert the Trump presidency with the search warrants, with this, with that. Uh, and it was so brazen. And you had you had some of those uh, messages coming out where you had top FBI officials very blatantly biased against Republicans, conservatives, talking about Trump voters as a bunch of mentally handicapped. Uh, and yet, you know, yet the FBI is still on a pedestal. It's like uh, in, uh, I shake my head ruefully. Yeah, I think we all do. And, and you know, it, it goes even beyond just simply the FBI. I mean, we also get into the various three-letter, four-letter agencies that are supposed to be keeping us safe overseas, and we know that they're involved domestically, which brings us to the Ministry of Truth that you write about. I mean, you know, during COVID, we had uh, all these – anyone who tried to talk about the China virus lab leak was immediately silenced by social media. The CIA played a role in this. We know Fauci, obviously – I mean, his entire bureaucratic operation was involved in, in covering this up. And and then we know, and we've been following the case Missouri v. Biden, that the Biden administration was was telling big tech, you know, you, you, you better you better silence these people. But even before Biden got there, I mean, under Trump, they were more than happy to, to do these things and, and silence Americans. And so what what have we learned since covid about this kind of unholy triad between the government, big tech and, and the corporate media? Well, there was a great federal court decision on uh, July 4th. Uh, um, Judge Terry Dowdy said that 
the uh, that the um, violations of the First Amendment, freedom of speech, may have been worse than ever before, thanks to what the Biden team was doing to pressure social media to suppress uh, Americans who even made jokes about COVID policies. I mean, it was bizarre that the FBI became the national joke police, and you had all this browbeating. And most of the time, the social media companies just rolled over. I mean, Facebook was just. Uh, Facebook was a complete disgrace, but that's not breaking news. Uh, Twitter was not quite as bad. Twitter's become a whole lot better under Elon Musk. Hopefully, yes. it stays that way. Uh, but uh, it, it's but to to sit and read some of the messages of what the the feds demanded uh, be censored, and it's also fascinating to see how so much of the liberal media has come out and said, "Well, there was no censorship; there was only content moderation." And this is like, okay, uh, if you want people to be that stupid and gullible, how the heck are you going to ever defend any individual freedom? Yeah, I know. It's exactly right, Jim Bovard. And that's the problem. And this is why I'm glad your book came out. Last Rights, The Death of American Liberty. You have a chapter about farmers. You know, I I see all these these farmers in Europe now who really seem to be rebelling against the uh, the demands of the state. And as I was listening to the the WEF last week, the World Economic Forum, you know, how they're going to moderate what we eat and, you know, get us all on a nice, tasty diet of bugs. uh, I keep thinking about what our farmers have to go through and, and this assault on them as various uh, wacko climate speaker after another would go on about how agriculture is destroying the planet. One of the biggest reasons why we have methane, one of the biggest reasons why we have a higher uh, temperature, blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, it's it's interesting. I've written about farm subsidies for decades. I'm totally opposed to the subsidies, but I was raised in an agriculture area. I, I worked uh, summers on farms, and I have a lot of respect for hardworking farmers uh, who aren't on the government dole. But to see a lot of these leftists, a lot of these environmental activists, they basically want to cripple or destroy farmers across the board. I mean, to see what happened in Sri Lanka, where, uh, if memory serves, they, they uh, tried to ban chemical fertilizers or chemical stuff on crops, whatever, and the nation almost starved. You've got insane crackdowns in Holland, a lot of other places on farmers. And it's just, it's sad to see that the, um, that the uh, environmental activists uh, act like the uh, people don't need to eat. But, but some of these people are pretty explicit that they want, uh, that uh, they're in favor of the world having a much lower population. And if you have a war on farmers, that's the way to do it. Yeah, it, it really is. And, you, you know, you go through, I mean, you know, schools, COVID, the surveillance state that we have, the uh, the modern day Gestapo, as you call it, the American Gestapo runs amok. You, you, you go on through all this thing. I guess as you're writing this book, uh, James Bovard, when, when, when you put together here this very extensive The Death of American Liberty, was there anything that shocked even you? There was a lot of stuff which shocked me, and it's and and it's sad because I don't like to be uh, be shocked because it makes me feel like I'd been naive. Uh, there were so many different policies. Looking at some of the COVID stuff, I mean, um, I, it was shocking to see how the Biden White House browbeat the F- Food and Drug Administration to give uh, full approval to the uh, Pfizer COVID vaccines, even though there was a lot of evidence of myocarditis and other problems. It was a total whitewash, and Biden used that 
to go out there and give a speech where he ordered 100 million Americans to go get vaccinated, even though the feds knew at that point the vaccines failed to, pre- to prevent infection or transmission. So it's one of the most brazen abuses of government power. Um, I was glad the Supreme Court struck down most of that mandate, uh, but um, it's just um, – I don't understand why anybody would blindly trust the federal government or politicians, because as a class, they are just odious. They are odious, and and they have no no fear of any reprisal whatsoever. And and this is the biggest part of this that, that I, as I'm reading your book, is I'm really you know my my mind is blown over and over again by the fact that. Whether it's Fauci or the people of the FBI or whether it's the people who d- decide that moms at school board meetings are terrorists at the Department of Justice or or, or, or various on and on, th- these bureaucrats are not afraid of anyone calling them out and then getting in trouble. I mean, we had people that literally got involved in the 2020 presidential campaign to tell all of us that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. And, of course, last week, with the, the Department of Justice finally acknowledged what we've all known, Jim, which is, of course, it was actually real and Hunter's laptop. They finally admitted that in a court filing. But the way that they're just so brazen about this, that they think that they can just get away with it, because let's face it, they do get away with it. I mean, that's the thing. When was the last time anyone got in trouble for abusing the, the power of government against the American people? And I'm, I'm glad the House has the, the, the select subcommittee on the weaponization of government. I think it's incredibly important. But can we ever hold these people accountable? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I'm not optimistic. I mean, most of them, uh, well, part of the problem is the federal government is committing more crimes than we will ever know. There is so much secrecy at this point, and most of the abuses uh, we never hear about. And every now and then something comes out and people are shocked, and then and then the, the attention shifts back to the NFL playoffs or whatever. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I'm... I'm I don't see how freedom and our constitutional rights can be preserved if we don't hold them accountable. But uh, I don't, you know, I'm not optimistic that they'll be able to, uh, I'm not optimistic we'll be able to put a leash back on the government. Yeah, but I think what we have to do is we have to know what's happening. We have to know what's going on because to your point, listen, everybody gets distracted all the time by nonsense. You know, how many times Taylor Swift clapped last night? And yeah, I mean, we get distracted by nonsense on purpose. And and I know that that's a big part of it is to keep us all uh, feeling good with, you know, cooking shows during daytime television and things like that. But I I try to bring this stuff to light on my program as much as possible. You write about it as much as possible because all we can do is hope that if we bring enough attention to this, then maybe the next time if Trump wins, because I do think he's going to be the nominee, and, and I, I do think he's got a very good chance of winning, hopefully then between that and what the Heritage Foundation is looking to do with their with their 2025 transition project to rein in the executive branch, hopefully we can see the Supreme Court overturn Chevron, the Chevron deference doctrine, which empowers all these bureaucrats. I mean, hopefully there's enough of a wake-up call here. And look, you know, maybe between your book and what we're, we're learning about the fact that, you know, January 6th, I mean, even if you just flew into the Capitol region, whether or not you even went into the District of Columbia, whether or not you went into the Capitol building, if you just flew into the region, the TSA's tracking you. Air marshals have you on a list. And and speaking of the TSA, by the way, I mean, can we find a more incompetent, useless bureaucracy? Yeah, um, but, you know, the thing about them is that they provide comic relief. <laughs> I mean, they are they 
are so stupid and they've done so many boneheaded things and they have they have all these profiles i mean um i think i'm i, I think i've probably triggered at least uh, eight or nine different profiles that they have aside from the stuff that i've written aside from being attacked by the tsa chief in print uh i mean it's and it never gets any better and you have all these different um different programs that people can try to buy out you know with pre-check or clear to, you know to pay mind the government to get some of their, their their rights and freedoms back but that's not working out very well either but it's level after level of absurdity and it's a it's a fascinating lesson in um civics right now is to stand and stand in one of those tsa lines not one of the pre-check ones and to shoot the bull with folks and find out what they think and there's a lot of folks who think about tsa like you or i would it's kind of like why in god's name do we have to go through all this nonsense but there's others that are just there are are grateful to be molested <laughs> well, look, I mean, everybody likes a good, you know, cop of feel every now and then, uh, Jim Bovard. Come on. <laughs> not from federal agents. Not from federal <laughs> agents. I was, uh, yeah, I mean, there was, a, there was a story which I don't think I included in the book, but it was when I was coming back from thank, uh, Portland, Oregon, Thanksgiving 2015, you know, TSA agent tried to turn my family jewels into a pancake, you know. <laughs> Well, listen, I, I highly recommend this book. I, I think you've, you've done an outstanding job here. And if you care about liberty, if you care about the Constitution, if you care about trying to reign in our government, the first thing we have to do is we got to learn about everything they're doing, and we need to be able to forcefully speak out against it. And before I let you go, I even, you even mentioned NASA in here. NASA, what, is, what, is, what does NASA have to do with anything? Oh, God. Uh, I'm trying to think. What did I say about NASA? Was I for or against it? Uh, I, uh, pro- probably how, how we're expanding their powers, too. I mean, it's like it's like every agency basically is, is is mentioned here in one way, shape or form, uh, from the NSA to 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 NASA to to every single. Oh, yeah. Else, you know, yeah, there was uh, there were probably some surveillance projects that NASA got pulled in on. That's it. I mean, uh, there's a huge amount of stuff on NSA in the book. And we haven't even talked about were... taxes and how taxes are tyranny. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's uh, it's nasty business. Well, get the book today. It's available everywhere books are sold. You can order on Amazon.com. Last rights, the death of American liberty. James Bovard, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much, and keep up the great work. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for your kind words. And we'll be right back as we continue along here on a Monday. I want to remind you, though, of course, the big story of the day today is still New Hampshire. The primary is tomorrow. That is brought to you by our buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, venariadental.com. Make sure that you go see him for your perfect smile. When we get back, more analysis on the state of the race. What does it mean that Tim Scott has endorsed Trump, but Asa the Hat has endorsed Nikki Haley? Is Asa the Hat going for VP? We'll talk about it. 855-839-1210. Don't go away. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices so join the revolution subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring listen on your odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast you'll be glad you did the zioli show on your schedule from talk radio 1210 wpht in the free odyssey app that's right we won't back down 855-839-1210 on twitter at rich zioli thanks for being here today as we preview new hampshire the big primary tomorrow new hampshire and um a number of other things too but you know i i'm thinking about this supreme court decision that just came out uh, a short time ago 5-4 decision saying texas has to take down its barbed wire and i think senator mike lee put it very very well when he said at two acb what a what a what a uh, a, a traitor that uh, traitor move by Amy Coney Barrett. I mean, this is ridiculous. What is the state of Texas supposed to do here? I mean, on, on, honestly, the United States of America is allowing an invasion at the southern border. This is a deliberate, deliberate invasion. The left is allowing. This is what they want. They want an open border. They want they want America to be invaded. And you talk about an insurrection. I mean, Joe Biden's letting an insurrection happen every single day at this border. And in a 5-4 decision, they say Texas has to take down its razor wire. The United States government has said to the state of Texas, we don't we we don't care, by the way. We don't we don't give a damn that you feel like you have a responsibility to protect your state. We don't care if the Biden administration wants an open border. We're going to have an open border. The invasion will continue. The, the, the fact that the federal government sued the state of Texas in the first place, the fact that the, the state of Texas sued the, go, the, the, the federal government sued the state of Texas in the, in, the, in the first place, right there tells you everything you need to know about what Biden's plan is, which is to allow America to continue to be invaded. No question about it. But for the Supreme Court to go along with this and to say that the, the state of Texas has no ability to do anything to protect its own sovereignty here, and this is the kind of thing that really honestly should make every single american whether or not you are a republican or democrat this should make you turn around and say without question the democrats are open borders the democrats are open borders i mean they could have left texas alone you know they they could have they could have just ignored this texas is putting a razor wire they could have just ignored it and just allowed it to happen instead they fought this Texas isn't shooting people trying to cross the border illegally. They put up razor wire. States have razor wire on all kinds of different facilities. They use them to keep prisoners in prison. Is the, I mean, Green Jean-Pierre will come around and say, it's inhumane. It, it's inhumane to have razor wire. Well, how come it's, it's not inhumane to have razor wire at prisons? Makes it easier for people to escape. And then she'll turn around and she'll say, it uh, endangers the lives of Border Patrol agents. Well, how? Well then, well, then if that's the same argument, then wouldn't it endanger the lives of corrections officials? I mean, if you're a corrections officer working at a, at a county or a state penitentiary, there's razor wire all over the place. Isn't your life threatened? Because what if a prisoner tries to escape and gets stuck in the razor wire? Now you've got to go deal with it. Isn't your life at risk? Because that's the argument that the government's using. So then wherever there's razor wire, what about outside of military installations? What, what about the, the federal government's own razor wire outside military installations? How come that's okay? What if, somebody, what if a terrorist tried to break into a military facility? 
You have people breaking into the to the country. So what if a terrorist tried to break into a military facility and then the barbed wire gets snagged in the barbed wire? Now the military police, they, they're, they're risking their lives to have to deal with somebody who got tangled in the barbed wire. I mean, we could do this all freaking day, but that's the point. The only reason you'd be opposed to this is if you are concerned that it's going to be a deterrent. Because it is. Because not a lot of people want to go through razor wire. Because it hurts. But that's why we use it as a deterrent. That's why we use it around electri- electrical facilities. I mean, drive past a, uh, a, a, a many times when you see those, those either little substations or the big giant electrical plants. Razor wire all over those freaking things. So what happens if somebody decides they want to play with electricity? Now they got razor wire, so now they're stuck in that, which means that whatever the local police department is that has to deal with that, or whatever the state agency is that has to deal with that, now their lives are at risk. Because this is literally what the administration's argument was. We're putting Border Patrol agents' lives at risk by having razor wire along the southern border. And the only conclusion you can make from that stupidity is that what they mean is that if somebody gets tangled up in it, then, then the Border Patrol agents have to deal with it. Okay, true, but that's no different than if a prisoner gets tangled up with it or somebody breaking into a a power plant or a government facility of any kind because they're all over the place. They're outside of municipal drinking plants. They're outside of municipal sewer plants. Just drive around in your your daily life and think of how many times you see razor or barbed wire outside various facilities. And certainly you see them outside of corrections facilities. There isn't – I can't think of one that doesn't have them. Maybe 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 the Cush Federal Golf Club type ones. Maybe they don't have them. Maybe possibly I don't know. They have them at airports. They're all over airports. Drive around uh, PHL. Look around at all the uh, barbed razor wire all over the place. So obviously it's it's a useful deterrent. Otherwise, why, why would we use it? Why would we put it up at all these places? How much? How many? How many uh, millions of miles of razor wire is probably throughout the United States of America? And you add it all up. Outside of all the facilities, airports, prisons, every other thing you can think of. How, how, how many millions of miles? Or okay, maybe hundreds of thousands of miles. Whatever. The point is, a lot of it. And it obviously works because we keep installing it. So Texas said, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to install this at our border to try to keep illegal immigrants from crossing into the southern border. And the federal government said, nope, it's too good of a deterrent. you got to take it down. They didn't say take it down because we're going to put in something better. They didn't say take it down because it interferes with the construction of the border wall. They didn't say take it down because we got an even better idea. We're going to put uh, bug zappers. That'll zap people as they cross the border. No, they said take it down because we don't want you to deter people from crossing the border illegally. And in a 5-4 decision, the United States Supreme Court concurred. So then I guess, I guess the question then for these justices, including, of course, the Chief Justice John Roberts, is what is the state supposed to do then? Nothing? They have to bear the burden of this, and then when they try to ship people out of their state, they get, they get, they get in trouble for doing that. They're not allowed to arrest anybody. The administration is not letting the, the Texas Rangers arrest anybody who crosses the border legally, so they can't do that. Can't use barbed wire. Can't put any deterrence in the river. Can't do anything. All they can do is just welcome people with open arms and then keep them there. Because if they try to make them leave, well, then the federal government's going to try and stop them from doing that. Because that's the other thing the government's doing, is to try to stop Texas from making, from putting illegal immigrants on buses and trains and getting them out of their state and sending them to places like Chicago and New York and other places like that. And what does Texas do? What does Texas do, is my question. What does any state do? Ignore it. 
I mean, you could ignore it because look, look, I mean, the Biden administration is ignoring the Supreme Court. A couple of you have made this point on Twitter to me today. Biden administration is ignoring the Supreme Court, still paying down student loans. So what I mean, what happens if Texas says, well, we're just going to keep it up? We're, we're just going to keep it up. I mean, obviously what's going to happen is the, the federal agents will be sent in to remove it. Texas is not going to do it. So the, the Biden administration is going to go in there and remove it. That's that, And we can watch that live. We can watch the Biden administration taking down razor wire, which is intended to be a deterrent from people crossing the border illegally. And and the argument that it that it, it it's inhumane or it might hurt people, these are people doing something they're not supposed to do. Much like a prisoner who escapes from a prison is not supposed to do that. Or somebody who breaks into an electrical plant or breaks into a military compound or tries to sneak into a runway. You're not supposed to do those things. So, yeah, that's why we put razor wire up as a deterrent so that people won't do bad things because it hurts. Because it hurts their skin to go through razor wire. So now that we have acknowledged that we're, we don't want any, any deterrent whatsoever on the southern border, and people can see that when the government comes in to take it down and, and remove the property of the state of Texas and take it down and then cut, cut it down in front of everybody to see. So good. Let it play out on television. Let everybody let everybody see what the Biden administration thinks. Because Karine Jean Pierre will say it's inhumane if somebody gets gets caught in razor wire. I think we should have a national movement to remove all razor wire everywhere in the country. I'm starting NoRazorWire.com. It's a national effort. I I don't know if that website's even available, but if it is, I'm buying it. NoRazorWire.org.net, and I'm buying it, and I'm going to own it. And Henry, you can design it for me. And we will look for razor wire in America everywhere. And we will advocate for it to be removed on the grounds that it is inhumane and puts law enforcement at risk. Got it? Yeah. And well, lucky for you, uh, neither of those uh, URLs are taken. So they're up for grabs. So I could get no razorwire.org or no razorwire.com. I, I put in .net. I didn't see .com. Yeah. Let's see here. You can get that too. Get that too. I can get all of them. Mm-hmm. All three. Mm-hmm. I may think. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to think if somebody's going to steal my idea. But we'll do a national campaign to argue that that razor wire fencing is cruel and inhumane and jeopardizes the safety of law enforcement. So wherever it's located, and I'll have people submit their razor wire alerts. So if you see razor wire in your day to day travels, let us know. And you could just send it, you could, you could, you, they're starting to do this right now, as a matter of fact, too. They're starting to take it down. You could, and I'm watching the images of this, and it's amazing to me, right? You see the razor wire there. Clearly, if I'm thinking of coming into the country illegally, I'm not going to go through that razor wire because there's a lot of it. And I'm going to say to myself, I'm going to go and do this someplace else. I'm going to try to cross someplace else. So now, if the thinking is that it's mean, it's not nice to people to put up razor wire to prevent them from doing something they're not supposed to do. I want it down everywhere. Make it easy for people to enter secure facilities. Make it easy for prisoners to escape. Look, prisoners have a lot to do. And, 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 and getting out of prison is not easy. You got you to you get a, a thing. You, you got to slowly carve away pieces of your jail cell. Well, right? it's, easy, it's easy in Chester County. Well, that's you're right. In Chester County, you just leave. Yeah. You know, you just basically walk out. But like in Shawshank, he had to 
carve that whole thing out. Then you had to kick all the dust out on the yard. You remember? Mm-hmm. Not easy. And then you got to deal with barbed wire, razor wire. So I'm, I, I mean, that just seems to me to be uh, mean on top of everything else. What a mess. What an absolute mess, honestly. Supreme Court for now lets Border Patrol agents remove Texas razor wire fencing for now. Why not say for now they can't? I mean, if the court really wants to take some time to think about this or maybe have an actual hearing, why don't they say that for the time being uh, the government can? It's Texas's property. I, they're, they're, I think right outside even the Delaware River Bridge crossings, there might be r- razor wire at certain points. What about what about those stupid things that come down if you don't pay your toll? You know, those things could be dangerous. It hit your car. It hits your head. And if you got a convertible, just saying. So why don't we take the, the, those things down too? I mean, anything that would impede anybody from doing anything illegal, we should just not stand in the way of them doing it. That's basically my point. No more razorwire.com. Tear down this razor wire. That's going to be my, my official speech everywhere I go throughout the country. Tear down this razor wire. And we can have all kinds of wonderful little press conferences outside of places. Unbelievable. I mean, really, it's just truly unbelievable. And for, and for Amy Coney Barrett to join in and, uh, and say to, her, to, to everybody that, yeah, this is okay for the United States of America to do. You just reminded me. Johnny Cook says, just do our social media check in here. Rich, you just reminded me of something. Remember a couple of years ago when the panic du jour was terrorists shooting up our power plants? That lasted about as long as monkeypox. Yeah, but they. But then what do they do? They erected razor wire all over those places. Paul DiBartolo says, put this lawn sign up on my property. Hashtag razor wire has no home here. I agree. No home here. I may put it around my home, but it has no home here. Since uh, Mike, Mike says, Rich, since the justices think it's okay to come illegally, drop the immigrants in front of their houses. Yeah, bring them to their neighborhood. They all live in that posh neighborhood right outside of, um, well, we know where they live because we're after the abortion decision, all the protesters were there. All the protesters came and they were protesting outside their homes, which is, uncut, which is illegal under U.S. code. Uh, Jill says, how about razor wire at junkyards? Uh, Jill, tear that razor wire down. Should have no right to be there because if I want to go into a junkyard and fight a junkyard dog, whatever I'm going to do at a junkyard, I want to, I should be able to do it. This is just such a joke. Yeah, 46, if if the president ignores the SCOTUS about student loans, Texas should ignore SCOTUS. I I agree with you, they should, but the problem is it's not, Texas is going to say go F yourself, but what the court is saying here is that the United States government can go in and remove it. So that's what's going to happen. And we're not going to have a shoot-off between Border Patrol and the Texas State Police. It's not like, we're not going to have a standoff here. Because if that happens, then, you know, nothing good comes from that. So yeah, they'll take it down. Matt has COVID. Sharon wants to know where Matt is. Matt, Matt DeSanctacovitis has COVID. That's where he is today. He's home probably with a blankie and some chicken noodle soup. Yeah, hot cocoa. Yeah, hot cocoa, snuggling. That's where he is today. All COVIDed out. It's freaking 2024. COVID. I'd rather I'd rather him not come in if he had a cold at this point, to be honest with you. Yeah. Which I guess it kind of is, but. I don't even know if it's that bad at this point. No, I think actually a cold would be worse. 
Maybe he has something worse he's just not telling us. Hmm. Maybe he has monkeypox. <laughs> well, they accused Trump of having a clap. Remember he had those red things on his yeah, hands I and they said that. it was a clap? Yeah. yeah. Maybe DeSantis has a clap. <laughs> Who knows? Shaking hands with Trump recently? Yeah, possibly, right? We'll just, we'll just speculate now. And yet, you know, you asked a great question earlier today, Henry, which is where do you even get a COVID test this time of, time of year? Yeah, he said he had like them stockpiled. Like, Why? As if it was the end of the world. First of all, if you want a COVID test, the government will just send them to your house. That, but why even bother? Like at this point, if you if you test positive, all it means is your life's just going to be more complicated. Oh man! Well, that's where he off. is, and we all we have thoughts and prayers for his safety. We all hope he makes it back okay. <laughs> he said he uh, he's taking Tylenol. I hope it's children's Tylenol, DeSantis. Yeah, get a baby aspirin and cut it in half. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's got the grape-flavored Tylenol that I give my kids, yeah. Henry. It's very possible. All right, listen, Dr. Mike Veneri is going to give you a great smile. He is the man. He is the master of dental implants, and he is my friend and my dentist. And this is a time to think about doing something for yourself that's going to make you very, very happy. And that's why I'd love for you to make an appointment to see Dr. Mike for the smile of your dreams. You deserve a great smile, and a great smile says something to the world. It shows everybody how you feel, and everybody sees your smile. It lights up a room. So if you need complicated dental work, dental implants, for example, go see Dr. Mike Venaria. He's the master of dental implants. And he has two offices conveniently located to serve you, Cinnamonson and Woodbury, right over the bridge, easy to get to from wherever you are. And it's worth going there. Don't go to the closest dentist. Go to the best dentist. That's Dr. Mike Venaria. You'll love his whole team. The staff is great. They're wonderful people. Great music playing. And they put your care first. So if you've had an estimate for complicated dental work, get a second opinion with Dr. Mike Venaria. Do it today. V-A-N-A-R-I-A VenariaDental.com. Don't wait. That perfect smile awaits you. Cosmetic dentistry, uh, pediatric general, all of it is there for you. And that's why my entire family goes to Dr. Mike, because we trust him for all these years. And you should trust him too. VenariaDental.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. There is a um, breaking story that Israel has offered a ceasefire deal to Hamas. Uh, Townhall.com reporting this. The legions of anti-Semites and anti-Israel buffoons can rejoice. They got what they've been clamoring for for weeks. The campaign of harassment against Jewish bystanders and businesses, the efforts to shut down airports, and the attempts to block traffic to save the bloodthirsty dogs who call themselves Hamas have been successful. Israel has proposed a ceasefire. For two months, the Jewish state has pitched a deal in return for the release of all the remaining hostages. Hamas is being offered a short breather before Israel finishes them all. And that has just come out. Israel has given Hamas a proposal through Qatari and Egyptian mediators that includes up to two months of a pause in the fighting as part of a multi-phase deal that would include the release of all remaining hostages held in Gaza. While the proposal doesn't include an agreement to end the war, it is the longest period of ceasefire that Israel has offered Hamas since the start of the war. More than 130 hostages are still being held in Gaza. Israeli officials say several dozen hostages either died on October 7th or in the weeks since then. President Biden's advisor, Brett McGurk, traveled to Egypt on Sunday and will continue to Qatar afterward, or Qatar, I think you say how you say it, afterward for talks aimed at making progress in the negotiations to secure the release of hostages held by Hamas. 
Qatari and Egyptian mediators have been trying for weeks to bridge the gap between the parties in order to make progress toward a deal. U.S. officials told Axios that reaching such an agreement might be the only path that could lead to a ceasefire in Gaza. Now do Ukraine. You're not going to be able to do that in Ukraine. Because in Ukraine, just last week, the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, says he doesn't, he doesn't see... He doesn't see any possibility of a ceasefire happening in Ukraine anytime soon. And, of course, since uh, we don't have the receipts, as they say, with regards to Joe Biden in Ukraine, uh, Israel, uh, he'll continue to boss them around and tell them what to do. He'll tell them what to do. So... Well, don't hold your breath for that. Uh, on the illegal immigration issue, I wanted to play a, cl- a cut for you of John Fetterperson. He was on with Jake Tapper over the weekend, and he says the American dream is being threatened. Now, look, whether or not Fetterperson is doing all this because he's had some sort of a wake-up, whether he's doing this because it's actually his body double who's now taken over, much like in the movie Dave, which is my theory, which is that John Fetterperson had a body double. And that the body double now thinks, well, I'm just going to I'm going to be the senator I want, just like how in the movie Dave, Kevin Klein's character ultimately became the, the, the president because he had the approval of the first lady. And so he wound up changing the policy direction of the administration. So that's possible. Or maybe John Fetterperson just thinks that this is a way he's going to try to be a moderate and then uh, stab Trump in the back as he runs in Pennsylvania. Who knows? But I do know, though, that he's not wrong in what he says about the southern border and why we need to secure it. He's not wrong on this point. Cut number 11. Why do you think you've been so criticized by so many progressives? I I honestly don't understand. I I don't understand why it's controversial to anybody to decide that you're going to stand with Israel in this situation. I honestly don't understand why it's controversial to say we, we need a secure border. Uh, I've been very clear. In fact, that was weaponized against me as Republicans in my race that I'm very much a, a, a strong supporter of immigration. And, you know, my my wife's family, I, that's the uh, Oregon story about that. Uh, and I think two things can be true at the same time. You can be very supportive of immigration, but we also need to have a secure border. And I really uh, I think about immigration is we want to provide the American dream for any uh, migrant. But it seems very difficult when you have 300,000 people showing up encountered at, at our border to do that. And I think we need to, to re, do a reset and we have to work together uh, and develop uh, a new comprehensive solution to that. And that would also unlock a lot of the critical aid for Ukraine. Again, we cannot forget about Ukraine. That's that's critical uh, for Israel and Taiwan. That's a very important kind of standard that we have to maintain, that we're going to support and stand with our allies at that are very critical juncture. First of all, can, can you explain why, why does Ukraine have to even be mentioned here in the part of securing the border? This is what I, this is what I understand, and this is why I, I, I'm, I'm very leery of this fetter person transformation, even though he does sound a lot like a lot of Republicans. He really does, because you have a lot of Republicans saying this. But why, why does, what does Ukraine funding have to do with the border? I mean, the border is wide open. It's an invasion going on. And you're right. You don't need 300,000 legal immigrants coming every year to the country. You don't need the size of Pittsburgh coming into America every single year. I agree. But what does that have to do with Ukraine funding? How about you just turn around and say, we need to secure the, the border, period. And then we can talk about comprehensive immigration reform and blah, 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 and all these other things. But what actually what Fetterman is doing here is what the classic Washington game is. Oh, you want a secure border? Well, in order to do that, you got to make all these people uh, citizens and you got to give Ukraine money. It's this it's the same nonsense. 
It's the same exact nonsense. Why can't we secure our own border and then worry about Ukraine's border? Why can't we worry about dealing with the invasion that's happening in our country and then worry about the invasion in Ukraine? Why are they why are they connected? I, t- I, t- I already told you the reason why, though. They're connected because, unfortunately, there are so many Republicans out there that want to fund this Ukraine war. They want to keep funding it forever. And this, they think, is their cover. They think it's, it's their cover to be able to turn around and say, oh, look, you know, I didn't want you, but I got I got I got border. I got immigration reform. Immigration reform is not what we need. We need border security right now. Deal with that first. Deal with that first. And then, then deal with the with, with with reforming the system. Deal with the border as a national security issue first. Then you can have the conversation about the system itself. All right, we got a lot to chat about. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is uh, asked about the potential to be Trump's vice presidential pick. Tim Scott's asked the same thing as he endorses Donald Trump. Tomorrow is New Hampshire. Just how much will Trump win by? Did DeSantis make the right call? You know he did because I told you last week it's what he had to do. And I said it every single day. 30 minutes of nonstop talk straight ahead for you. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time, baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.